Whether you on the outside of your market trying to tap back in Or just need a little help to find a way to gain some traction again You need some market reconnection We got the answers to your questions No second thoughts or second guessing You need some market reconnection The real question is this How does a seven-figure business regain traction in the market? How do we reconnect with our audience? How do we stop worrying about our competitors? taking over and find the peace of mind and certainty within the marketplace. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ivan Temelkov. This is Market Reconnection. Today, I'm joined by none other than Mr. Ahmed Serafi. Did I pronounce that correctly, by the way? Yeah, you did good. Awesome, awesome, man. Welcome to the show, man. Glad to have you. Thank you. So, Ahmed, for those that don't know who you are, let's start out with kind of a brief intro on who you are and what you do and what you're currently doing. Well, the simple answer is I'm a 25-year real estate investment development professional. I've been uh, in the real estate investment development business for about 25 years, ever since I got out of college, uh, born, based, and located here in Southern California, and I have been involved in one facet of commercial real estate or the other over the last 25 years, starting from commercial real estate broker, selling and leasing, you know, large scale industrial buildings and office buildings here in Southern California, um, moving into uh, real estate investor, as well as developer and as well as, you know, spent some time running and managing large-scale construction companies, building large-scale facilities here in Southern California as well. And I've just taken all that, brought it all back around and focusing 100% right now full-time on large-scale real estate investment and development throughout California, Texas, and Arizona. Very cool, man. Very (laughs) cool. So, um, my question to you is, uh, how, did, how did you get into this? Was it, I mean, you said after college, was this something that you just had interest in or family oriented or what's kind of the backstory behind that? Yeah. So, you know, after college, you know, I was planning on continuing to work with my dad, you know, you know, running and managing the gas station, right? I grew up in the gas station business. We had a gas station and that was a plan. I was just going to continue with that. And that didn't quite go the way we planned, you know, working with family and, a uh, professor of mine said, hey, you're really good at this real estate stuff. You're really good at this finance stuff. Let me connect you with a friend of mine who is in the commercial real estate brokerage business. So I got a job working, um, well, technically training and then working at a large, pretty much the largest real estate company in the world, which is called CB Richard Ellis at the time. It's now called CBRE. And I came on as a trainee and I moved up from trainee to broker and spent many years with them brokering commercial property here in Southern California. And I think, you know, working on the commercial side, you get exposed to investors, you get exposed exposed to developers, you get exposed to uh, large scale real estate operations. And I think it just kind of all clicked for me because I was someone that was really good at putting things together. I was really good at taking the pieces and assembling them into something whole. And real estate really 
you know, allowed me to do that. And that's why I think I've been so successful and, and love what I do because of that ability of taking the pieces and putting things together, especially in real estate and development, which allow you to do that pretty much on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious to know why Southern California of all places? Was it just, hey, it seemed like a cool idea? I think it's because I was born, born and raised here. So, uh, you know, you know, your backyard, you know, your, your, your sandbox. Mm -hmm. So the base of operations was here in Southern California, because I knew the markets, I knew the growth patterns, I knew the demographics, I knew the areas, I knew what was good and what was bad. So starting here and then it allowed me to branch out and go out to Phoenix and from Phoenix it allowed me to go to Dallas and from Dallas we're looking at about five other markets across the country right now to start investing in as well so you know it all starts in your backyard you know what do you know best what can you handle easily from your home or from your office wherever you're located at and then you start expanding after that so that's why Southern California was was it for me because I technically I was born and raised here yeah yeah. So one of the things I heard you say is that from a business perspective, it just made sense because you had proximity to your target audience because that's where you lived. So what a great, what a better way than start locally and then diversify regionally. Like you said, you branched out. I think you said Texas and Arizona, eventually they really focus on the commercial development side of things. Um, so you've been at this for a very long time, obviously. Um, I'm curious in knowing what keeps you going. Um, I like building cool shit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I just like seeing the end result of things. You know, it's really great to see the end result of your, of your actions, of your, of your thoughts, of your efforts, of whatever you need to do to put things together. I think it just comes back to me enjoying putting things together as a whole. So when I see something completed, I really, really enjoy seeing that. I really see, love seeing the progress that I've been able to make. I really like seeing how I'm able to bring different team members on board and create a flow and start making progress and going towards that end goal. Some people do it for money. With me, the money comes regardless. I, I do it because I love it and I enjoy it. And, and if you're good at it, the money will come. Yeah. So you just said something very important, actually starting to see a trend amongst high earners like yourself that um, you've got to be passionate about what you do. Uh, and I think a lot of people get in the game, the entrepreneurial game for money solely because, you know, they weren't earning enough. So they think that, you know, doing it for themselves, whether it's real estate or, you know, any other industry that they go into automotive, whatever, uh, thinking that, hey, I'm just going to make more money. But they don't realize that you got to have your heart and soul in it. And it sounds like you have for a very long time, because like you said, you love building cool shit, you know, and the money comes as a byproduct of that. Um, I'm curious to know in terms of your company and what you're doing nowadays, let's talk a little bit about some of the projects that you've got going on right now. Yeah. So right now I have $120 million worth of real estate projects actively under construction and another, I would say about 200 million lined up behind that going through the planning, permitting design process right now as well. So uh, here in Southern California, nothing under active construction. Everything is going through uh, architects and engineers. I got multiple sites on small scale industrial buildings. I'm building anywhere from one to four buildings on different sites. 
I have a large scale multifamily property here getting a redesign because uh, changes in the demographic and the market has, uh, has caused me to go back and redesign for a different type end user. I got 300 apartments on that project, uh, have a couple hundred out in the Phoenix market that are operating currently. And then right now out in Dallas, I have a 300 unit townhome project that is currently under construction. We're moving dirt on that as we speak. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Congratulations on all these projects. Uh, you know, that's, that's monumental, but let's face it. You didn't, you didn't just like jump and leap and got to these projects overnight. Right. So let's talk about looking back. I mean, you've been doing this for over two decades now. Can you think of certain things that maybe have helped you leap to get access to, you know, being able to be involved in these kinds of projects. I think, uh, one of my superpowers and something that I was taught, you know, through my father is no matter how big or how small something is, you have to break it down into the smallest pieces mm -hmm. to fully understand it and to fully tackle it. Right. So whether you're giving me a, a, a room addition or if I'm building a 120 million, 300 unit townhome project on 90 acres in, in Dallas, it is the same kind of work you got to break it down to the smallest pieces and take it on one piece at a time, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You can't eat the whole thing at once. So whether it's a small project or a big, big project, as long as you break it down to the smallest pieces that you can tackle and you can accomplish at a time, then you can start making progress on that. Meaning if I'm doing 300 townhomes, well, am I going to build 300 at once or am I going to build 64. No, I'm building 64 in the first phase. Okay, then how do we build 64? Let's start breaking that down and breaking that down and breaking that down into the small individual pieces. And then you just start checking up the boxes one by one by one. And that way you're able to take on larger and larger projects because you take these larger and larger projects and you break them down smaller and smaller until you get to a point where you can start checking off the boxes and making progress. You know, that, that is so important. Thank you for sharing that, because I think in this modern day and age, this digital age where it seems like everybody's getting famous on the gram and Facebook and all of that, that we seem to be forgetting the importance of attention to detail. And you just talked about that, how intricate that is, regardless of the size of project, you know, that you're working on. I want to kind of shift things a little bit because let's face it, it hasn't always been rainbows and unicorns, right? As you've been building your business and getting into, you know, these $120 million projects and access to more investors and so on and so forth. Let's talk a little bit about difficult times. Can you share some difficult times that you've had in the past as you've been building your business and what steps did you take to get out of that rut? Like, can you recall some instances well there's been failures and there's been money lost for sure you know yeah um i think what it comes down to is when you get into a rut you really have to evaluate whether it's worth your time and your effort or is it worth it just to move on and go after something better so one thing um earlier this year about six months ago i'm sorry in 2022 last about six last year 
mid-2022, I bought a piece of land here in Southern California, one acre here in a city called Rancho Cucamonga, which is really a, a high-end suburb, right? It's a great piece of dirt, a great area, really a lot of profit potential in it. Yeah. Uh, picked it up for just about a million dollars, one acre, which was a good price at the time, you know, a really good price. And my plan was to, to develop and build it and sell it uh, within 24 months. The market came crashing down, you know, recently, especially in, in, in land lots or in dirt or development uh, land. Uh, everyone put the brakes on. Interest rates are rising. Banks are not lending construction money right now. So there's been a lot of change in that market. So I'm sitting there with this piece of land that's worth that about for about a million dollars. It's worth more than that. It still is worth a little bit more than that. But I'm thinking to myself, do I go through and push through the economy and continue to try and develop this property, which would give me a much less return on my investment as it would have six months ago when I bought the land before the market changed? Or do I just, you know, take my losses and move on and get rid of it? And I decided I'm going to take my losses. I'm going to sell the land. Hopefully I can break even on it. Because I'd rather get my capital back out of that land, even if I lost a little bit of money, and take it and redeploy it into a better opportunity that is coming up because of the change in the market, right? I'd rather take a loss on that and put it down, put that money somewhere on a property that's going to give me a whole lot more upside, a lot more equity, a lot more rent growth, a lot more opportunity immediately than trying to fight City Hall and get that thing built in the next few years. So I'd rather take a bit of a loss now and put that and recapitalize myself, get that money and put it somewhere that's going to be a lot more beneficial for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's really that's a really, really, really good message that you shared there. So I think a lot of people don't consider cutting your losses. Right. And you did just because the market had shifted and you just made the executive decision that, hey, this just makes more sense financially, you know, and to move on. So I think a lot of people kind of don't I think that I think they let their ego stand in the way when they have to have, make hard decisions. And you said there's failures, not just just part of business. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. I know you probably have been through many similar situations in the past where you've kind of had to cut losses or shift gears <laughs> or do something different. But let's face it, that's probably made you stronger and has helped you learn how to better evaluate certain situations, right? Yeah, very much so. They're, they're all learning experiences and it's all about hedging yourself so when something comes your way that is like the situation where you are, uh, you know, experiencing a loss or will experience a loss, it's how bad of a loss will it be? And have you been taking a position to, pre to prevent any sort of big loss from you? So when I bought that land, it was very much under market is a good deal, meaning that if the market comes down and the prices drop and I do have to sell that piece of land, I could probably break even. But if I bought that land at market price and I had to sell it now, I'd be taking a big loss. Right now, I'm just breaking even, meaning I was able to hedge myself against any sort of major losses. So I try and do that with everything I do in business. Yeah, which 
That's actually a good segue to the next thing I want to get your thoughts on. So you've been an entrepreneur for over two decades. In fact, <laughs> well before the word entrepreneur, I think had a meaning for a lot of people nowadays, because let's face it, everybody is a fucking entrepreneur on the internet nowadays. Sure. But if you were also to look back, you know, and just some learning lessons in entrepreneurship specifically as you've been building your business, are there any specific things that that you would advise to other aspiring entrepreneurs, especially if they want to go, you know, from seven to eight, nine, even 10 figures, like what are some things that have played out to be beneficial for you? You know, I would have to say, you know, growing up and learning when I did, you know, in the past two decades, like you said, it prevented me from being bamboozled by all that you see online or on social media or how easy things really are. I grew up in a time and I cut my teeth and I grew in business during a time where you actually had to do the work, meaning the hard work is easy for me. Yeah. I could run circles around people these days because hard work is easy for me. Right now, everyone sees the instant gratification. They see things happening so easy because all they do is look at things online, but they don't go out in the real world and try it themselves. Meaning if you're able to distinguish the difference between what you see online and what it really takes in the real world, it's going to be nothing but a, a benefit to you. So for me, you know, 12 hour days, 14 hour days, that's not a problem. I've been doing that all my life. You ask people these days, if they're not making a million dollars in the first 20 minutes after opening up their online eBay store or whatever, they're devastated. Yeah. And that's something I think they need to do. If you could distinguish the difference between hard work and what you see on social media and know the difference and know that you have to put the hard work into it, you're going to do okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so powerful, man. And I can get behind that. I think um, maybe the Eastern European work ethic, you know, has been engraved into me because similar to you and your background is, you know, came from nothing, immigrant family. So I can resonate with the hard work, the long hours. And I think too many people really look for instant gratification. I think that just because the internet is so accessible and, you know, Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and now Twitter that's popping because of what Elon's doing, that hey, suddenly they're, they're going to scale and grow massively. But that's far from the truth. You still, from what you're saying, you're probably going to do 12, 14 hour days for a very long time. And I think most people also have to realize that, you know, before anything comes to fruition, you got to learn about the hard work. You got to embrace the suck. You got to understand that there's going to be a lot of pain, a lot of sacrifice, probably a lot of losses before you even get a taste of success. Because let's face it, what do we see on Instagram? People driving rent that out Lambos. I think, um, I was actually reading something not too long ago that Ty Lopez did uh, an experiment on his Instagram where he rented a bunch of cars to be able to see the kind of amplification that will make on people and how easily people are swayed on social media. And so what you're saying, and this is key. So whether you are, hey, I just started my business, whether it's real estate or whatever, or, hey, I'm doing seven figures, me and I'm trying to get to eight, like, what do I need to embrace more of? And what I hear you saying, the constant is just embrace the fucking hard work, you know, get used to it. Right. There's no way to get around it. Yeah. There's no way to get around it. Yeah. 
So which brings me actually to the next question I want to I want to ask you is so let's face it, there's a lot of real estate developers out there and real estate folks, especially in your area in Southern California. So and not just in the real estate space, but if you were to look at 2023 today, how would one differentiate themselves really in any business, in, in your opinion? Like, how do, how do you stand out from everybody else? Um, it's a good question. Because a lot of people are, a lot of people jump on the bandwagon, right? They, they do things that are popular at the time, like business-wise. Oh, I'm going to get into the exotic car rental business because it's popular and everyone's making money. Or I'm going to get into house flipping because it's popular and everyone's making money. I'm going to go open up a smoke shop and do it because it's popular and everyone's making money. I'm going to go be a real estate investor because it's popular and everyone's making money. See, these are all facts, right? Everyone's always jumping on the quick buck, the, the next cool thing. I'm going to be an influencer. I'm going to be a Amazon store, FBO, ABC, EFG, whatever you call <laughs> these things, because they see it as the, the quick, fast money that everyone's like promoting at the moment. Right. So this is this is something that comes and goes. Fads come and goes. So to differentiate yourself is you have to show your wins. You have to show your successes, right? <clears throat> Nine out of 10 people who are in the real estate investment, development, flip, wholesale, whatever business, even real estate agents the, the, who are trying to get in for the quick buck, they have no track record. They have no history. They have no successes to show because they jump in yeah. and they jump out of things so fast. What do they say? The, the average real estate agent only sell, sells less than a handful of houses a year. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, it's, it's in the single digits. I think it's like three to five houses a year is the average real estate agent. And they say only like uh, 20% of real estate agents are actively working on their business or even less than that, right? So I think that kind of goes for all businesses, right? You know, everyone jumps on the fad, but they don't want to do the hard work. If you do the hard work, you have success. If you have success, you have experience. If you have experience and success, you have that track record that you can promote and show people like, hey, I can close a deal. I can handle a deal. I can yeah. build this deal. I can sell this deal. I can lease this deal. So I think that's what it is, is if you're able to stay in it and stick with it and not jump from fad to fad, or as I call it, a hood hopper, you know, you jump from hood to hood. It's it's not going to give you any sort of benefit. You just stick with what you do, stick with it, do good at it. And in, in time, you'll become known as an expert and that expert has success and, and opportunities and everything else that comes with it. Yeah. 100% agree. 100% agree. And you know, what's so ironic about what you just said, Ahmed, is that it just goes to show that it doesn't matter if you're in real estate, it doesn't matter if you're trying to buy a smoke shop, it doesn't matter if you're whatever kind of business you're getting into is just that you got to have passion, tenacity, you got to want to do it with a real purpose, and not just for money. Because I just heard you say that you know, most real estate agents sell three to five houses per year. And in fact, they have such a small track record or no track record. And suddenly I'm hearing, because, you know, I'm someone that's been in the marketing space for a long time. And I'm hearing the same shit you just said, literally, principally, that like if you're doing <clears throat> the hard work, if you're in it because your heart's in it and you truly want to do it and you keep putting in the work, that in due time, you're going to have those successes. You're going to win. It's just a matter of time. 
Stop looking at the gram. Stop looking at TikTok. Let's face it. Just because you went viral on TikTok doesn't mean shit. That it's make you money does not mean shit. Do you know how many people I've seen get millions of views on TikTok? I'm like, so did you monetize that? Did that make you money? Did that earn your relationship? No. So what the fuck did that run down the field earn you on TikTok? 1.5 million views. I see that as a passive thing. And so yeah. I heard you talk about that even in the real estate space just now, which brings me to, I actually wanted to ask you this. So you have a new YouTube show that you just launched. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. What was the initiative behind that? Tell us a little bit about it. I think it was because it was something that was lacking in our industry. It was something that was not even being done. And I'm like, hey, this is a great idea. I want to put some good content out there. I want to, I enjoy educating and showcasing and exploring and understanding real estate, real estate development, real estate development projects. So this just gives me an opportunity to go out and do what I like to do. You know, like the, uh, you know, like I like to see what's going on. It's like, like people watching, right? Hey, who's building this project? What are they yeah. building? Why are they building it? How are they building it? Who's building it? And what's it going to be used for, right? What, what was here before and now what's going to be here afterwards? So I like to go out and kind of do these small little uh, commentaries on real estate development projects here in Southern California and a little bit across the country, the more and more I get out about, hey, there's a big hole in the ground. You see a bunch of machines working. You see a bunch of guys working. You see a lot of stuff going on, but you have no idea what it's going to be. Well, let me show you what it is. Let me explore that with you. Let me show you what they're building, why they're building it, how they're building it, and who's building it. So it's pretty much a development showcase. I call it the Building Better Development Spotlight because I go out and I spotlight or showcase different real estate developments early on in the development process, sometimes earlier, sometimes later, about what, what are they building and why and who and how. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, where can people find the show, by the way? Easy. Uh, it's uh, you can either you know link it through me on YouTube or on Instagram. On Instagram, it's Ahmed Builds Better, but YouTube is also the same. It's YouTube Ahmed Builds Better, and it'll take you to the development spotlight series on my YouTube page. You know, one thing I want to touch upon <laughs> that I, I think you're de you definitely have a competitive angle on is so you mentioned that in the real estate industry, um, and if I understand this correctly, you've always been kind of a disruptor in the sense because you've done things that other people haven't done in the real estate space. You know, you've taken gambles, taken risks, you know, your tactics and strategies, your execution just been different, right? So one thing that you mentioned that I know is true is there's a lack of education, I think, in your space specifically. And so your show, I think, in a sense, is going to be able to provide that education. Uh, and that's mentioned is I think it's going to help you attract some future investors because they get a glimpse at how you build better. Hence your name. I build better. Right. And I think that's so key because in your space specifically, there's not enough education. There's not enough video. And I think your approach to that just differentiates you, which goes back to the question earlier that I asked, how do you differentiate yourself? Well, in part, you do things differently. So I have no doubt that your show is going to be massively successful in due time, because what you're doing is you're educating the audience, which is going to help not only build authority in your space, position you as a stronger authority, but also create attraction with other investors and also position you as an expert in the space. I mean, you're an expert, you know that you've been doing this for over two decades, but there's a shit ton of people out there that don't know that. 
Which yeah. brings me to uh, the last question I want to get your take on. So yeah. what's your thoughts on the marketing piece behind real estate? Because let's face it, marketing <laughs> is terrible in the real estate space. I, I want to get your take on how you see that, why you invest in it, or what are the pros and cons behind it? You know, from what I understand, a very, very small amount of real estate professionals, whether it's people in investment development, real estate agents, escrow, title, whatever, maybe a very, very small percentage of them actually do any sort of active marketing, right? Uh, very, even a smaller percentage of them are actually active in the market. So the phone is your new business card. Yeah. You know, before they even barely ask what you do, they're already Googling your name. They're already looking at you and seeing who you are, who you associate with, where you are active, what kind of successes you've had, what do you do, what do you specialize in, right? <clears throat> There's no the time of business cards and the yellow pages and any sort of other type of print marketing and advertising. It's gone. It really is gone. People hand me business cards. I, I refuse them. I'm like, I have no use for your business card. You know, let me follow you online. Let me, uh, you know, scan your QR code, whatever it is. But please don't, you know, fill up my pocket full of business cards. Don't give me a flyer. Don't give me any of this. You know, from time to time, I will take one because there's something innovative about it that I want to keep. But for the most part, it's all online. So if you're not marketing yourself online, you're not promoting yourself, not advertising yourself, how do you expect to have a presence, a reputation, a business if you're not doing that? So that's why I think it's very important because the old school way of business cards and flyers and, and all these other ways of print advertising, it's gone. It's, it's, there's no longer, you know, relevant anymore. Yeah. What, so you you basically talked about the importance of reputation because let's face it, I think there's still this traditional, and the reason I asked the question is because there's this still this traditional mentality behind how real estate marketing has been done for, I don't know, a long ass freaking time. And there's so many real estate agents, even nowadays, that either are relying on corporate or two, they're doing little to nothing. And then they wonder, why am I only selling three to five houses per year? Well, no shit, because if I Google your name, there's nothing out there. And like you said, I think it's important to understand that regardless of what industry you're in, is that you got to have, you know, a reputation, you got to have some credibility, you know, you got to have people talking about you, you got to have some value in education, which is exactly what you're doing with your YouTube show to be able to kind of forge that stake in the game and said, I'm Ahmed. I build better. Here's why I build better. And here's all the value and context to support that, because I think this goes back to I'm a huge believer of this is just that, you know, selling isn't selling nowadays. Education is selling. So in real estate, at least from what I'm hearing you say, is that, you know, one, one thing that Ahmed does better is that I started my YouTube show to focus heavily on education and change the perspective to help people understand that there's so much that they don't know, and that's going to work as an attraction mechanism for me to help, well, for you to help you build your business, right? You know, it's as simple as this. I'm not in the residential space. I don't build houses. I don't deal in any of that residential stuff at all. You know, maybe from time to time, something for myself or a family member I'll deal with. But how many times, I can't tell you how many times I have met somebody 
wanted to look up somebody, wanted to connect with somebody in the residential space, and I type their name and I go to the Remax website or the Keller Williams website or what the X the EXP website, and they don't even have a profile picture on their corporate website yeah. versus even having their own individual website. They don't even have their profile picture on the corporate website. I'm like my friend owns multiple remax offices they are constantly yeah. having photo shoots and headshots and marketing stuff done and you don't have the time or the effort to get your picture taken to put on your corporate website so people know who you are that to me is that's just lazy that's okay. just you know hoping someone gives you a free handout that's someone who's not even serious about their business they're just in it to be in it right so if you don't have the time or the effort or even the desire to whip out your phone and go stand in front of a white wall or a black wall and take a nice picture one day yeah that's your problem yeah, yeah. so important so important well ahmed you know i think this is exactly why you know well in part i should say and not exactly why in part why your business has grown and thrived because you've realized that, hey, traditional real estate, well, commercial in your case has been done terribly for a very long time. I'm going to change it. I'm going to disrupt it by the methods and strategies and tactics, everything all the way up to marketing because, and I know you're just really kind of pushing the envelope, at least from what I've seen and what you're doing online with your YouTube show. And you're really starting to get a little bit more aggressive in it. Um, one thing that I, I want to ask, and I always ask guests, is that can you can you share one thing that people don't know about you, or most okay. people don't know yeah. about you? That's kind of like, you know, close friends would maybe know, but you've never shared. Let's see. That's a good question. It's a very good question because <laughs> I'm I'm really open. I have I don't hold anything back out there. You know. Yeah. Um, I would have to say that I have an extremely uh, soft heart when it comes to animals. Like I will, I will murder someone, dig a hole, bury them, and then advertise it. If yeah. someone hurts an animal, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's just how I am about animals. I'm like, I, when I see animals, animals getting mistreated, I've gone, next door to my neighbor's house and pounded on their door in the middle of the night screaming at them that they left their dog out in the rain you know what i mean and yeah. and and they were all tough until i came over and pounded on the door and they got all scared i'm like hey i'm not here to be a, a problem i'm just here to to let you know that your dog's in the rain and you need to bring him inside because if you can't even bring him inside why do you even have a dog if you're not going to feed him or provide shelter or water why do you even have the dog you know what i mean so I have an incredibly soft spot in my heart for animals, especially dogs. And uh, I will literally hurt someone if I see someone hurting a dog. Yeah. I, I don't mind going to jail. Yeah. I, I, I make good money. I'll hire a lawyer. You know, it's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love that, man. I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, I know you have a beautiful German shepherd, right? From what yeah. I've seen on Instagram, right? Yeah. And yeah. I know you're, you're very, I mean, it's, it's your, it's your child pretty much. Yeah. I know you're yeah. very close to it. And I admire that because it shows your passion. And I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, I think there, there is a lot of people out there, you know, pet owners specifically that don't put forth a strong attention to actually caring for their pets. And it's kind of like, you know, so I definitely appreciate that, you know, in sharing mm -hmm. that. Um, 
Well, I, it's been it's been a great conversation, man. I appreciate you opening up and sharing everything. Congratulations on all of your success. I think the best is yet to come for you. You're doing some amazing things. I know I've been following you online for for a while. Um, but last than not least, you know, if people want to connect with you, investors, auto real estate folks, what's the best way to connect with you online? You know, the best way really is Instagram because uh, I put a lot of time and effort into it just in marketing and advertising and promotion and stuff like that, yeah. you know, education wise. So if anyone's uh, interested in in connecting with me, definitely Instagram is the way to go because that's where I post most of the updates. That's where I let people know what's going on. Uh, it's where I put up information and content that people should or hopefully find valuable. So Instagram is the place to be. Awesome. Awesome. Man. Thank you so much for your time, man. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Whether you on the outside of your market trying to tap back in, or just need a little help to find a way to gain some traction again. You need some market reconnection. We got the answers to your questions. No second thoughts or second guessing. You need some market reconnection.